Welcome back to another edition of NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. NFL Reacts is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. We've got a fresh batch of NFL Reacts polls this week, and we'll, of course, get to our pick three to get you set up for your daily lineup headed into week six. We also had Thursday night football between the Eagles and the Bucks, and some breaking news that just came out in the last hour as the Eagles are trading tight end Zach Ertz to the Arizona Cardinals. So we'll discuss the fantasy implications for that move, of course. But we do need to ask you before we get going, please subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on the SB Nation NFL show. Please drop a five-star review for NFL Reacts specifically, and we'll give you a shout-out on the show or, or try to think of something cool to do for you. But let's go ahead and get to it. I need to welcome in Kate Majuk of DK Nation as well as Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. So the before we dive into the Bucks and Eagles game, let's just go ahead and talk about this Zach Ertz trade. It's something that's kind of been on the table all offseason, and the Eagles kind of waited around to see what the offer was. And we still don't have the full details on the trade at this exact moment, but they are going to pay the rest of his salary for this year. And they just lost tight end Max Williams, who had actually been a surprisingly active member of their offense so far this season. So this is a big move for the Cardinals banking on Zach Ertz, still having something left in the tank. And he's having a decent season so far with the Eagles. It's I'm curious how you guys feel about it. Obviously, the Eagles are going all in on Dallas Goddard, and he's coming up for a contract himself. So big implications for them, but probably bigger implications for the Arizona Cardinals moving forward. I think this was such a clutch move by the Cardinals. I'm obsessed with this trade. Really just overall a a great movement. As you said, Stephen, we've seen Max Williams be pretty involved, unfortunately suffered a season-ending knee injury, but... Um, he he was playing uh, lots, lots and lots of offensive snaps. Uh, and the good thing for Arizona Cardinals in that opportunity is that uh, that generally translates to a lot, a lot of snaps uh, because they run a lot of plays. Max Williams, uh, I, I think, you know, his usage was was not tremendous, but he was on pace for 64 targets over the season. Uh, when you account for his last four games, I, I think. Zach Ertz can have a much bigger impact, but my question is like, who is going to be the odd man out? Cause I think this offense is going to be very hard to predict on a week to week basis, especially with Zach Ertz in the mix. Yeah. The thing with Ertz is he's essentially a receiver, right? Even how he lines up, I understand like he's listed as a tight end, but even if you look at like how the Eagles used them, I mean, probably one of the reasons why Goddard was, sought after by the Eagles uh, other than age uh, is the fact that he's kind of like their inline tight end. Like when they use two tight end sets, Ertz is the guy that's split out while Goddard's kind of inline. So I think it makes sense there. And then on Ertz's side, I mean, at his age, you probably want to be on a contender surrounded by other good offensive skill players. And it's tough to match up with the speed of the Arizona Cardinals, you know, with any other team. So I think that worked out for him. I just, it's funny, right? Like, Years of Zach Ertz trade rumors end up turning out to like, yeah, you get back uh, Tay Gowan and a fifth round pick. Like, oh, okay. So many headlines were made for, for a fifth round pick. It, it does for the Arizona pass catchers. Now, when we were coming into this week, finally feeling confident, like if you got Rondale Moore, you can probably put him into your lineup because they're going to have to start putting more wide receivers on the field with the Max Williams injury. And now they add Zach Ertz, and obviously he's not going to be available this week, so we don't have to worry about it this week. But it makes me wonder whether or not I can trust Rondale Moore moving forward because he's shown that he can be a playmaker for the Arizona Cardinals. They've got a high-powered offense and and all of that. But I don't know. He's kind of just like a boomer bust player still, and I was hoping we were going to have a more defined role for Rondale Moore because he looks awesome when they get him the ball. It's just a matter of him actually getting on the field and – the snaps because he's not out snapping AJ green. He's not out snapping Deandre Hopkins. So I think it just kind of muddies the waters 
moving forward for Rondell Moore when we thought we had a more defined role for him. And that's kind of frustrating for me. This is just a buy low opportunity for Rondell Moore. Uh, AJ Green, I'm sorry. I, I No, no, I refuse. I refuse, period, point blank. Uh, this is my buy low window for Rondell Moore. Uh, and again, I don't think uh, this this offense is going to be easy to predict for a week to week basis, but like uh, let's think of what Ertz does even for the floor of Kyler Murray as a passer, just such huge implications for a, a quarterback. We already knew uh, could finish as a quarterback, like the quarterback one on the season. Uh, does this do anything? Does the absence of Zach Ertz do anything in terms of your concern or anything for Jalen hurts moving forward? No, <laughs> no. I mean, we let's get into the the Eagles and Bucks game from last night. So I, I was trying to think of another team in NFL history or recent memory where I can sit there and watch them and just scream at my television, like run the football. What are you doing? Why won't you run it? And like in the modern day NFL where we're all running backs don't matter pass the ball, high octane offense. Chiefs are the greatest offense ever because they just throw the ball all the time. The Eagles are going out of their way to show like how that can blow up in your face. Like when you're just not a good passing team and you refuse to run the ball, it was very frustrating watching that Eagles offense last night, especially with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and all the injuries that they're dealing with in the secondary. Like wide receivers have been eating against the Bucks recently because their secondary, even, even Richard Sherman got hurt last night. Like the quarterback they just signed last week, he left the game and they still could not pass the ball. And it means bad things for Devontae Smith. It's meant awful things for Miles Sanders. The Eagles are just an extremely frustrating offense right now. If you've got pieces there, unless you've got Jalen Hurts, because he's the only guy you can bank on each and every week, putting up fantasy points in your lineup. I mean, I think the biggest indictment in all of this is just against Nick Sirianni, which like the question marks, I, I mean, last last night uh, on in primetime television, going for a field goal, which like on, on fourth down, I know it's fourth and 10. And he just kept there standing and said it was fourth and 10. We had to go for the field goal. And when you realize the fact that uh, yes, if you get a uh, a field goal, you are still down two scores. Like, dude, the math. You have to do the math. And like his question, his decision making in general, just questionable. Because especially for Miles Sanders, like that's probably the most egregious, uh, egregious sin on the list for me. Every time he touched the ball, he looked fantastic so why are you not running it more um i think we saw this last week a bit with the steelers like uh, we showed a a better commitment to the run and guess what Najee harris really got going he uh that offensive line looked as good as it has all season long uh and i think it's because you didn't have uh you, defenses didn't know uh it gives them that extra moment of pause are you gonna throw or are you gonna run and nick sirianni is is the biggest roadblock for Nick Sirianni. You'd think if, yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts, 12 of 26, four and a half average, quarterback rating of, of 56 for the night. You would think you would want to help that guy out a little bit. You know, uh, Hurts, I think we're at the point with him where like he's going to get the full season reps. Um, this is kind of a development season for him. He, he's got to show something to earn that job again in 2022. And if you look at, where the draft picks are slated for the Eagles. You know, they have uh, three in the top eight if the season ended today. Um, it's kind of hard to imagine if they have three high picks like that, that they wouldn't take a quarterback. So if if you're looking at this guy as potentially a developmental guy who you want to get like developmental reps and kind of take that load off of him, I don't understand why you wouldn't be running the ball and trying to help him out. And it's not even that they're not running the ball. It's specifically they aren't running the ball early in the game. And then it like spins out of control. And then they know, hey, OK, Jalen Hurts has to pass to get him back into the game. And then they're able to put the clamps on those guys on the outside. And then Jalen Hurts starts doing weird things like doing 360s in the pocket. Well, he's not getting any help. Right. So it, it's kind of like a, 
it's a it feels like, like a it's this failure. endless circle. Like yeah, it's, it's a collective It's like this failure. catch twenty two, um, and then it goes back to Jalen Hurts in the run game because you know that's sort of where he flourishes. That's where he can really move the chains and make room for big plays. Um, obviously, he can do so with his arms, but I think that dual threat uh, is what gives you some ability to be more versatile with your offense. If you're not running the ball with your running back, uh, it makes Jalen Hurts less efficient as a rusher himself. It's just it, it's an endless disaster. But uh, I think we can all agree that the biggest takeaway is Tom Brady's thumb looks fantastic. Yeah, the Tampa Bay offense is an interesting one this season where Antonio Brown Second straight, fantastic game uh, if you got him in your fantasy lineups, and I hope you did last night. Uh, Kind of quiet game for Mike Evans and and Chris Godwin, though. But I I actually want to talk about those Bucks wide receivers. Obviously, Tom Brady, fantastic. Yeah, the thumb injury, obviously not bothering him at all. The only thing that could slow Tom Brady down this season is the rain in New England. Everything else has been like completely unstoppable. But these Bucks wide receivers, Chris Godwin's not having a bad season. He, he's been putting up numbers. Mike Evans, quiet night last night, but he's had some monster games so far. Antonio Brown, been a very pleasant surprise, a guy that you got late in probably a lot of your fantasy drafts. And then Rob Gronkowski, prior to the injury, was putting up ridiculous numbers. And so maybe that's going to slow things down for the wide receivers when Gronk comes back. But I... Like you're starting all of these pass catchers every week, right? Like, and and just hoping that that's the guy who goes off this week because there's enough volume in this offense moving forward that all of these guys can be productive on a weekly basis. I think we're in a position where like Tom Brady MVP chatter, like might be legitimate at this point. I know, I know we had, uh, when Kyler was putting up the crazy numbers and, uh, his team was the last undefeated, he was kind of the leader a little bit, but. I do wonder if like Tom Brady has another MVP in him. And that's just so scary. Also, like the arm strength thing. I saw I saw uh, one of my buddies from Next Gen Stats tweeted out like they had never seen arm strength from Tom Brady's balls as strong as, as they have right now. All right. That, it's getting a little suspicious. Like the fact that he's at this <laughs> age and it doesn't look like he's ever had a better arm than he does right now. Do we need to I check mean, the microchips in those balls? <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that uh, you know, whatever he got in that COVID-19 vaccination, uh, that that microchip turned him into 100% an ageless robot. I think the biggest question, like, obviously, I think you can start all of these guys on a weekly basis moving forward in terms of target share. They're all really uh, between uh, 16 and 18% target share. Like, all of these guys are pretty much right on track for the same number of uh, targets on the season. All of them have scored pretty much the same fantasy, pretty much number of same fantasy points. But who's the wide receiver one? Because at this point, I'm kind of thinking it's Antonio Brown. That's what's scary about this offense is that Antonio Brown looks like he's the same old Antonio Brown. Like when he came in halfway through last season, we. You know, he had been out of football for a while, dealing with all kinds of off the field issues, and they were kind of slow to get him acclimated to the offense. And now that he is, he just looks like the same old Antonio Brown and Gronk prior to the injury just looked like the same old Gronk. Like this team's dealing with a lot of injuries right now, but when they're healthy, they're they they seem like they're going to be a problem for anybody in the NFL to stop. So, yeah, start all your bucks moving forward and that includes leonard fournette who had a very nice game last night lombardi lenny dude he is uh actually crushing it and not just in terms of the box score so like i mean sometimes the box score can always come down to be deceiving like leonard fournette just looks like he's running with power he looks like he's he's playing decisively like his tape looks as good as the stats do He's very productive for fantasy football. Um, Again, like I think all of these guys, you should try to squeeze into your lineup on a weekly basis. Whoever you have, Ronald Jones obviously is not the guy. So uh, running backs aside for the the Bucks uh, outside of Lombardi Lenny, everybody's a must start. I feel like on a week to week basis, just based on offensive productivity and 
uh, upside alone. Yeah, Fournette had Alex Singleton in hell. That that was a tough scene for Alex Singleton. He was just getting rolled over, even on pass catches. Letting Fournette would just like hop on over the ball and then turn around. Alex Singleton's five yards off, and then he's just bowling ball over Alex Singleton just multiple times. That's that's tough. I mean, he's just such a big guy that if he really is a, a running back who can get six catches in a game, that's just tough to bring him down in the open field. Yeah, Leonard is a thick boy, man. He is a thick dude when he is just mowing people down on the football field. I, I want to take a look at this game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Washington football team. Obviously, uh, Washington's got a lot going on right now. Uh, outside of football. So it's actually an Arrowhead Pride been kind of tough to preview this game this week because no one seems to really care what Washington's got going on on the football field uh, based on all of the terrible things that are coming out about their organization. But as far as the fantasy implications of this game, it's actually pretty intriguing. And that brings us to our first NFL Reacts poll today. Uh, Has Patrick Mahomes regressed after you know the struggles against the buffalo bills chiefs off to a two and three start 44 percent of the audience say yes 56 percent say no i totally disagree with the 44 percent who say yes patrick mahomes still has 16 passing touchdowns on the season he was not great against the buffalo bills but it was just a bad game people have bad games occasionally uh, the the Chiefs Buffalo offense. Bills are a good defense. Yes, and I was and I was doubting their defense, and I was wrong last week. So the Bills made me look bad, and the Chiefs are just struggling right now. But they have a, a nice get right game against this Washington. The this only is thing going to be really... a delicious matchup for for pretty much everybody on the board. I can't wait to talk about this. Yeah, the only the only thing that really worries me about Mahomes is the post game presser where he's starting to openly wonder like. Hey, am I part of the problem? And it's like, no, 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 Patrick. No, not you. Not you. Do you don't change anything? Like, other than that, I'm really not worried about Mahomes. I mean, he still has a gun. It's not like we're seeing his arm strength drop or anything like that. It's it's nothing physical. Um, so I think it's kind of like the sum of the parts with the Chiefs. I mean, we've talked about it plenty uh on this feed about how it's just it really now it really is like Patrick Mahomes hero ball. Um, and that's all the Chiefs have going for him right now. So I don't think he's necessarily regressed. I mean, certainly he's not producing the way that you want him to, but I, I think there's a lot of uh, other parts to the machine that, that are failing other than Mahomes. In like dynasty fantasy football leagues, I, I feel like just for the last two two off seasons, Patrick Mahomes has been sort of the, the quarterback one. Everybody wants him as the quarterback one in their dynasty rosters. Is he still the must roster quarterback though? Cause like we are the Justin Herbert podcast. Is he starting to take over that quarterback one spot? Like I, is there any chance in the world that like we exit the 2021 season and we don't look at Patrick Mahomes as the must roster, uh, you know, the first quarterback that goes off the board in your fantasy leagues. Is there a chance that he's not that guy at the end of the season? Or do we think, I mean, this is a big opportunity for a bounce back game. So if you think he can bounce back, uh, then you need to be trading for him in all of your fantasy football leagues before this game against this Washington defense. See, I think this is a bounce back game. Um, I don't as far as your your question about him being like the QB one, like I still think. Yeah, Justin Herbert's incredible, but I, I I think Mahomes would still be that guy for me. And if Lamar keeps playing like this, like I think Lamar is the top guy I would want on my fantasy roster personally. Um, but this game does have some big fantasy implications. Uh, Tyreek Hill, though, has not practiced all week. Uh, we will see as the Chiefs practice later this afternoon what the uh, designation is on him headed into the game. Hopefully he gets a practice in. Uh, Andy Reid spoke to the media earlier this week and didn't seem that concerned about it, but the fact that he hasn't practiced all week still uh, could could possibly be devastating to your fantasy lineup. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was also placed on injured reserve this week. How are we feeling about Chiefs backup running back Daryl Williams headed into this game against Washington? I'm actually, I, I'm kind of off of the whole Daryl Williams train. Uh, I, I understand he's in a really exciting spot. He's, you know, in the fourth year 
um, in the NFL, and he hasn't really gotten the opportunity to really step up and be the guy. This will be a great opportunity for him to show what he can do. But I mean, from a fantasy perspective, we were looking at Clyde Edwards Alaire as a guy that we couldn't necessarily trust in our fantasy lineups. I mean, it, he hasn't been in the must start category by any stretch of the imagination. And I have to imagine that the general public is in agreement when I say that Clyde Edwards Alaire is a better running back than Daryl Williams. I think the Chiefs would probably agree that they think that's the case. And so if we had question marks about Clyde Edwards Alaire, I don't understand why we wouldn't have question marks about Daryl. Yeah, and Daryl Williams, his big thing is like he's really like an inside runner. Um, that Washington front, that's about all they can do on that defensive side of the ball is just, hey, we have all stars on the defensive line. That doesn't really bode well for like an inside runner, right? Like maybe that played into why Philadelphia didn't want to run, uh, you know, run the ball downhill against Tampa. But I think that's kind of like the same thing here. Um, so, you know, the benefit with Clyde, right, is that he can go out in the backfield. He can do so many things that like you can run corner routes with him, you know, an offset and shotgun like Daryl Williams is never going to get those plays called for. Yeah. Earlier this week, when Daryl Williams spoke to the media, he was asked what his favorite game was of his NFL career, or like what his best performance was. And he was just like, I, I don't know. I don't have very many good games. That's not what you want oh, to hear no. from a guy that you might have gone out and spent a lot of your budget on to pick up on the waiver wire. He was just he just straight up was like, I don't have a lot of good games. I'm still looking for that game. Um, so that that's not what you want to hear. Fake it till you make it, Daryl. Come on. Yeah. yeah, just lie. I I bring up an <laughs> LSU game if you have to. I I don't care. Just make me feel better about putting you in my lineup. Uh <laughs> In case Tyreek Hill doesn't go, of course you're putting Travis Kelsey into your lineup. Um, I don't know about the other Chiefs pass catchers, though. I mean, McCole Hardman did wind up with a decent stat line on Sunday night. I still don't trust him at all. I would be kind of tempted to just take a dart throw, and it's not in my pick three. Maybe it should be, but I'm kind of tempted just because the Washington secondary has been so bad this year to just take a dart throw on Josh Gordon and see what happens. We'll see. I mean, I feel like we've done this Josh Gordon thing a, a million times over the last like 10 years. Right. So I don't know. I, I, Josh Gordon is very much on my uh, like list of when it happens, I'll accept it. But hey, man, he happens, is a one time Pro Bowl, one time All Pro, one time Super Bowl winning wide receiver. Don't forget that. Bowl? He with uh, I think he was technically rostered by the Bucks. Am I wrong? I, I don't know. I think he was technically <laughs> he was rostered the by the Bucks. Um, anyway, he played nine offensive snaps last last week. Um, not the guy that I want to set my sights on. If I'm going for anybody else in this offense, it's got to be McCole Hardman. I do think this could be a really nice uh, nice situation for him. If Tyreek's limited, I, I mean, he saw 12 targets, didn't do as much as you'd like with him and in uh, week five against the Bills. But again, hard defense. Uh, he's he's playing a suitable amount of snaps. He's right around like 60, 60 to 70 percent of offensive snaps. That's good enough for me. Um, but the I mean, the real kicker, I think, just comes down to the fact that this Washington secondary is so bad. Yeah, it, it has been straight up terrible all season. Uh, they're giving up points to wide receivers everywhere. So, yeah, that's the safe option that Kate and probably the the better, more reliable I advice that Kate is giving you. Uh, I just love Josh Gordon. And so I want to think of excuses to put him in the lineup. So I'm going to do that. You should probably listen to Kate and not listen to me because that is definitely the better advice. We're not going to be the Josh Gordon podcast. Don't do this. Stephen. <laughs> that's fine. I'll just be the Josh Gordon guy. We, we <laughs> don't have to be the Josh Gordon podcast. I just want to see him thrive. I just I, I had him on my fantasy team that year. He led the NFL in receiving yards, and I've been chasing the dragon on it ever since. So I'm just a little bit concerned because we called you the Sam Darnold guy. Um, we saw where that's gotten us. Uh, I mean, he's he's looked a little rough over the past few weeks. I feel like as soon as he was like, yeah, man, uh, like I'm, you know, Steven, you, you were all aboard Sam Darnold. And then uh, what happened in the last two weeks? He's thrown three touchdowns, five interceptions. 
What a bummer. Um, I hope we don't jinx Josh Gordon, but I let's just keep our fingers crossed for this kid. He doesn't need any more jinxes. The, the the competition for Sam Darnold uh, went up a little bit, and uh, Sam Darnold has gotten worse. Uh, I think everyone could have predicted that. But I'm still fine being the, the Sam Darnold guy on, on this podcast, even though the audience did not want us to do. Uh, I, I want to take a look at the next matchup, Seattle Seahawks against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, Russell Wilson not going to be active in this game as he is dealing with that brutal finger injury. Geno Smith going to be the starting quarterback. Uh, and the Steelers coming off of a win. How do you guys feel about DK Metcalf and, and Tyler Lockett headed into this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers with Geno Smith as the starting quarterback? I think we should be pretty happy with DK Metcalf in general because once we actually saw Geno Smith come into the game, I mean, we saw this was like DK Metcalf's show. Um, he saw the bulk of the target share. It was every single passing down situation. It felt like Geno Smith was going to DK Metcalf. And then look at let's look at Chris Carson. He was inactive last week. Um, we did see that, it, you know, I, I think they're going to have to throw the ball. I don't think they're going to run as effectively with Alex Collins. So he's a, a really solid backup running back. I think they're going to need to, to throw the ball at Pittsburgh's not like the most welcoming environment for a, a road team. Um, super, super interesting primetime matchup. Yeah. What a, what a weird game, right? <laughs> you get one seemingly like fallen star at quarterback and then Gino, who the last time we saw him as like a consecutive starter was before he got punched in the face by a teammate and got a, got a face bone broken. Um, Gino has talent to him. The problem with Gino is he holds on to the ball forever and he's basically unconscious in the pocket. Like there's very few quarterbacks who are on opposite sides of the pocket presence spectrum as Russell Wilson and Gino Smith. So it'll be interesting to see what the Seahawks offense looks like because Gino will go back there and he won't move off the spot. Like he'll get teed off from the blind side if he's going to his second route on the progression. Um It'll be interesting. I, I do wonder, though, like the DK Metcalf stuff. I wonder how much that is like teams rotating coverage to Tyler Lockett um, because they knew that kind of connection for Russell Wilson to Tyler Lockett was so strong. Um, I wonder if teams keep that up when a different quarterback is under center. But I guess that's something that we're not going to get an answer to until Sunday. Yeah, I'm a little bit more worried about Tyler Lockett just because of the up and down nature of Tyler Lockett just in general where he's got these massive games and then he just doesn't show up. And so it, he's always hard to rely on uh, on a weekly basis, but I, I'm hoping that that connection we saw last week with DK and Gino sticks around. And I'm obviously still putting him into my lineup each and every week. The Steelers also lost Juju Smith Schuster this past week uh, to a shoulder shoulder injury. That's likely going to end his season. Uh, we know dead arm Ben is kind of holding this offense back. Hey, Chase Claypool, Chase Claypool looked good last week. So how do we feel about Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson with Juju Smith-Schuster out? I think the increased concentration of target share, uh, makes both Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool just weekly, weekly plays. Like I have, I have several dynasty teams where I have both of these guys lined up on a weekly basis and I'm, I'm going to keep it that way until I'm proven otherwise. Uh, Chase Claypool, he's seen an increase in receiving yards each of the weeks uh, that he's played so far. He's finally uh, breaking out of his shell a little bit. I think he looked a little bit better last week because he hasn't necessarily looked great when targeted, but he looked better in week five. Um, I, I think getting Juju Smith-Schuster out of the mix, that's going to give each of these wide receivers um, you know, maybe one or two extra targets per week. But that's that's pretty significant, uh, you know, if this offense can actually get going, if they can keep the, the run game going, I think that'll be a key um, to just keeping this productive across the board. But I mean, Seattle, they've been allowing folks to run the ball all over them. So I do think this could be an interesting, uh, interesting game for both of these wideouts. Yeah, that Seahawks defense isn't good, even on film, like you could look at it and they're 
they're playing like three match and their corners just aren't adjusting to the routes. Like the, the Rams, what they were able to do, they just get in condensed sets. And then because they're playing zone, right, that corner is rolling off. He's playing off coverage and they just run like an out route by the outside receiver. But because it's from a condensed split, it's like that guy's from a slot and they're just not pressing enough. They're, they're so adamant on playing that match three stuff when the league is, you know, consistently going into too high now because people know how to manipulate that that match single high safety stuff. Um, but it's like their identity. So they're not getting out of it, which helps offenses. If, you know, you can kind of do what you want against that defense. The the rules to beat it are out there. And teams have had six, seven, eight years of reps against this being like the number one, you know, most played defense in the NFL. So it's a weird thing to watch. It's almost like uh, the game is kind of like passing them by. It's tough to see. And we do actually have a little bit of breaking news as the Cleveland Browns just ruled running back Nick Chubb out for this weekend's contest. Chubb had not practiced all week with a calf injury. And I think that's got a pretty big impact on Kate's pick three running back this week. So let's go ahead and get to pick three. Pick me. One, two, three. Pick one. On three. Pick three presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Pick three is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Kate, your pick three running back. That was the perfect transition for this. Though I want to be clear, I made the pick before this breaking news, but uh, we had seen Nick Chubb... uh, you know, not practicing throughout the week. So I already thought, you know, signs were signs were looking grim. And Kareem Hunt, let's look at this nice DraftKings salary. He's only at $6,200. He's currently ranking as the running back six on DraftKings. Since one, he is on, or since week one, he is on pace um, for nearly uh, 250 touches for 1,500 scrimmage yards and 16 touchdowns. That's absolutely bonkers. I'm, I'm very excited for cream hunt. This offense is being very efficient. Um, I I think this could be a high scoring affair and I think this is a perfect opportunity for cream hunt, especially, uh, to get the lion's share of the work. Kareem Hunt has been absolutely fantastic this season. Uh, the fact that he's not more expensive on DraftKings is crazy. So that's a fantastic value for your lineup. So yeah, I would imagine he's going to be one of the most popular running backs uh, headed it's in. It's going to be Chuck. Yes, but because he's going to be awesome. So that's mm-hmm. why you should put him into your lineup. Uh, my pick three running back, Javante Williams. Uh, Denver Broncos rookie has looked the part of an every down running back. He's still splitting reps with Melvin Gordon, unfortunately, but they've they're both cost effective options this week going against the Raiders defense. that's given up a running back score in every game this year, but I like Williams. He's a hundred dollars cheaper and he's just better than Melvin Gordon. So I would rather put him in my lineup over putting Melvin Gordon into my lineup. Kate, your pick three quarterback. All right, my pick three at quarterback. I'm going with Taylor Heineke versus the Kansas City Chiefs. I hope I haven't offended you, Stephen. But Taylor Heineke sits at $5,300 on DraftKings this week. Since week two, uh, his first starting week with the Washington football team, he's ranked as the quarterback 12. He's currently outscoring Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, uh, Ryan Tannehill. He's ranked 12th in pass attempts. He has as many touchdowns as Jameis Winston. Jameis, uh, 2020 Jameis, two fewer touchdowns than Matthew Stafford, who we all consider a lead at this point. The Chiefs defense is just so bad right now. I can't pass this up, especially for the value. Uh, The Chiefs have allowed the fourth most passing yards, um, allowing a league high 52 or 54.2% of opposing offensive drives to end in a score. I mean, this is, this is, madness uh taylor heineke he's even got a little bit a little bit of legs in him I, I think this is such a nice value if you're going for some higher cost options uh at the rest of your slate i actually like that pick more than i like my pick three uh quarterback this week because it seems like you could just bank on any quarterback against the kansas city chiefs but i'm going all in on trevor lawrence this week it does make me a little bit nervous but i've got more faith 
and, and Trev moving forward. He's dealing with the growing pains of having Urban Meyer as his head coach. But the Dolphins have given up 11 passing touchdowns in their last four games. And Lawrence has actually started to run the ball. So I feel like he's got a, a little bit more of a safe floor there coming in at only $5,700 on DraftKings. Kate, your pick three wide receiver. All right. This is where I'm going for the stack, baby. Uh, DFS, it's all about finding the right stack for the week. And here I'm going for Terry McLaurin. So uh, looking at this, this duo, I think one of the most underrated duos in the NFL right now, at least until we see Pitt, Fitzpatrick return, uh, Terry McLaurin, $7,100 on the week, averaging 18.6 points per game, averaging 80 receiving yards per game. Um, we've already seen him with the touchdown upside. He's seeing a 30% target share, fifth highest among wide receivers. He's the wide receiver 12 on the season. And I do think, uh, again, just this matchup is perfectly conducive for a big day from Tyler he Taylor Heineke and Terry McLaurin for the perfect stack sandwich. Terry is going to absolutely shred the Chiefs defense. Love the pick. My wide receiver this week. Allen Robinson, A-Rob hasn't had more than six targets in a game since week one. He hasn't surpassed more than 63 receiving yards in a game, and he's only got one touchdown on the year. All of that is terrible for your fantasy lineups, but I'm betting on the Bears being forced to throw this week against the Packers. Finally, hopefully, they'll actually let Justin Fields throw the ball more than 20 times. Allen Robinson's only at $5,300, cheapest he's been all season long. No Jair Alexander. I think this shapes up to actually be a good fantasy game for Allen Robinson. Justice, your three favorite bets of the week. So let's touch on that game first. Uh, Green Bay minus five and a half on the road at Chicago. Um, Chicago just lost Damian Williams to the uh, COVID list. He did test positive. So it seems very unlikely that you would get two negative tests between now and Sunday. Here's the problem. Damian Williams, he is the third Chicago running back uh, to to be pulled out, you know. Um, so they're going to go back down to Kil Khalil Herbert, who is a rookie. He hasn't seen a single pass catching target uh, this entire season. And then Ryan Nall, who hasn't gotten a reception. I think he has like eight carries over three years in the NFL. Um, Chicago's in a spot, I think, where, like you mentioned, they don't really want to pass with Justin Fields. He can pass. It's just they don't want him to be that high-volume guy. So my whole thought is, hey, okay, Chicago's got to put 100, 100 yards on the ground to win this game. With your RB4 and RB5 and probably a practice squad call-up, that's probably unlikely to happen. Um, you know, Green Bay last week, first time the franchise has ever had a 300-yard passer, a 200-yard receiver, and a 100-yard rusher, and they only somehow put up 25 points because of the kicking game. I don't think that kicking game is uh, going to be as bad as it was last week. So I'm taking Green Bay. Uh, the next game, we've talked about this one already, too. Kansas City, minus six and a half at Washington. Um, Kansas City is two and three. They need to start winning football games to uh, make even make the playoffs, frankly. Um, it's not even about competing in your division at this point. It's just making the playoffs. If Washington is able to keep up with you in a shootout, especially with that secondary when you have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, if you don't win by at least a touchdown, you have much, much bigger problems than whatever is happening on Sunday. Um, and then the last game, Dallas, minus three and a half at New England. This line is broken. I don't I don't understand why these teams are considered to be close. You know, Dallas is one of the more well-rounded teams, I would say, in the league. And New England simply cannot get a deep passing game going. You know, whether it be, you know, Mac Jones or, you know, the speed of their wide receivers. I mean, I, I think it's probably both um, at this point in the season. But I mean, Dallas can put up points however they want. They're getting turnovers on the defensive side of the ball. I don't get why this this spread is only three and a half. I mean, is are we sure New England is better than Chicago or Washington? Because I think Dallas is probably better than Kansas City at this point. And if nothing else, at least on par with Green Bay. So that line's broken. That's like pick of the week, lock it up. If if that one doesn't come through, I'm I'm might be broke. You guys might not even see me next. Yeah, Dallas is better than Kansas City right now. That doesn't seem to make any sense whatsoever, but is what it is. That's why it's a uh, fantastic pick. Pick three is presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook. We're going to take a quick timeout, but when we get back, 
we're going to have a quick discussion around fantasy kickers and how we feel about them in our lineups moving forward. And we'll get to a couple other matchups ahead of week six in NFL. That's next on NFL React. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Y'all about to get ready to roll, man. So y'all put the kids to bed. I'm getting one more. Over. Under. I'm betting on myself. Across the board. Welcome back in to NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. Joined, as always, by Kate Majuk of DK Nation, as well as Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co., So last week was the week of field goals, kickers, missed PATs, whatever you want to call it. I think there was like 13 missed extra points. There was the crazy Bengals Packers game with. I think it was called the weekend of poo uh, (laughs) per per all of the kickers in the NFL. Um, I don't know what is going on, Stephen, but you asked our NFL reacts folks what What is going on? Give us the results. Yeah. So we asked, uh, should kickers be on your fantasy roster? Uh, 76% of you said yes. 24% of you said no. We also asked, has the quality of kickers regressed or is it just harder? 45% said lower quality. 55% said it's harder. Um, So I want to address the 76% of people who think that you should have kickers in your fantasy lineup. Uh, I don't know what fantasy leagues you're playing in. I am in a couple with kickers and they're my least favorite leagues. I hate them. They're not fun. Kickers aren't fun. And I am totally fine with us totally eliminating them from the fantasy football world. How do you guys feel about kickers? I think like this is one of the hottest debates in fantasy football. I feel like, uh, and it has been, um, there's like a kickers matter movement. You know, there's, there's two, two schools of thought here. There are people who say, you know, like they're, uh, you know, kickers are an essential part of the game. Um, you know, we saw like they're the biggest high scoring, you know, players of your franchise because they're kicking the extra points. They're kicking the field goals. Um, they are an essential, uh, you know, component to an actual football team. But the question comes, you know, like, where do we draw the line at that point? Because uh, your your center, definitely a key key part of your football team, um, you know, your punt returners. Those are those are pretty key. Where do we draw the line in terms of what is essential for your fantasy football teams? I don't think kickers are essential, but I do think that uh, it, it adds a little element of spice, just a little bit. Now, looking at, you know, the, the week-to-week matchups, you're, you're trying to find the right kicker that's uh, maybe – uh, you know, both accurate and facing a defense that is bend, don't break. Um, it's it's a challenge, but I'm sorry. Sometimes I love, and I don't like it when it goes the wrong way. I don't like it when it works against me. But when a kicker decides one of my matchups favorably towards me, it is such a fun, fun thing. And sometimes you do see, uh, like, I think it would be so fun to have kickers in the flex spot. We saw that uh, if if any of you have ever heard of Scott Fishbowl, uh, one of the biggest charity fantasy tournaments uh, in the world, and uh, 
we're able to flex kickers in this tournament, which I think we should do all the time. Because if you do hit the right matchup, it can be absolutely perfect. I'm at, I'm keeping the kickers. I'm keeping the kickers. I want to take them out of the game, like in general, like even <laughs> off the real football life. field. Yeah, <laughs> throw field goals. Uh, we could throw field goals. We can do it. Just have it so like no one who is eligible, <laughs> no one who threw a pass during the drive is eligible to throw the field goal. So that all the backups are just dudes with hoses, right? It's just dudes with hoses. And that's how we get the, the NFL to start developing these strong arm quarterbacks instead of uh, clipboard, clipboard holders. But the, the biggest thing, right, I think with all of this is NFL, why did you move back to PAT? Who, who, who in the NFL decided what people really want is to watch miss, more missed extra points? Because that, that's kind of what we saw a product of uh, this past Sunday. I just still don't get that one. I, I don't think it's really like dissuading or incentivizing teams to go for two more. I, I don't think that's really happening. Um, I think a lot of that is just based off of game flow and kind of what's happened earlier in the game and what the score is. So it's just the NFL made a rule for more missed extra points. I still don't get that years later. The only time kickers have ever been fun in fantasy football for me was when I played in a league where we made the points just outrageous. So kickers were literally game changing to where anytime they kicked a 50 yard field goal or longer, it was a 10 point bonus. And so it would literally decide matchups sometimes on like game winning field goals. That's so fun. That league didn't last uh, very long, but it was fun. It was the only time <laughs> kickers were ever fun in fantasy football. So let me let do... me give you guys just one more story, which I think this is probably why I do like kickers. So I'm in a fantasy league with my father-in-law who uh, started Cordero Patterson and Tyreek Hill and both of, when they both exploded in the same week couple weeks ago against me. So I'm not forgiving him for that. But my father-in-law, like we, we always face off against each other. Uh, We've played in this league for a couple of years now. And, you know, every single time, I feel like it just gets a little, little heated, a little competitive. Um, And we were having the argument for or against kickers. And I was actually against kickers in this argument. He was for kickers. And you know what I loved? So I, I said, well, what about, you know, like, there's sometimes the question about whether or not you need to start a kicker, like, uh, cause kickers can lose you negative points. So like, say you're going into a matchup on Monday and you're up uh, a nice amount of points. Your, your opponent doesn't have anybody else. Should you be forced to play a kicker in your kicker spot? Or can you just leave it like, leave it empty? Um, I said, absolutely. Uh, no, you should not be forced to you know, play a kicker. He said, absolutely. Yes. In the very next week, we played each other, and he lost because his kicker missed an extra point at the last minute. And that, like that, that narrative that it created for me. Now I'm obsessed with kickers. I like it. They're, but it, it's definitely, um, it's one of the hardest things that you can analyze in fantasy football. But it can be fun when the matchups are are tight, and you know you. Have a good spirit about it. I've dropped a kicker before, like a Monday night football matchup, uh, to keep that specific thing from happening. I was just like, I don't care. I'll just pick up another one. They're interchangeable as far as I'm as, as I'm concerned. Uh, that does bring us to our final NFL Reacts poll of the week. Who is the MVP right now? It's kind of a, a wide open race, if you ask me, but we asked the NFL Reacts audience and 31% of them said Josh Allen is the MVP of the NFL season right now. Kyler Murray, number two at 18%. Justin Herbert, number three, 16%. Lamar Jackson with 11%. Tom Brady with 10 Dak with five. Matthew Stafford with five. Patrick Mahomes with 2%. And Aaron Rodgers with 1%. That was a lot of options. I know. Uh, I can't believe Dak Prescott's only getting 5% of them now. I, I love what Dak is doing. And the Cowboys, in my opinion, are the best team in football right now. See, for me, the most egregious out of all of these is Tom Brady. Yes, it's disgusting. Nobody wants Tom Brady to win, uh, what would this be, his fourth MVP. But 10% of the votes for a guy who's on pace for 5,500 passing yards, 45 touchdowns, and eight interceptions. What, like, how hot? How high is the bar? Do we just look at Tom Brady and just raise the bar that 
that significantly because he's Tom Brady. He has to talk, like out out Brady himself uh, at the standards we're setting. I mean, this like the pace he's on is absolutely incredible. He's the difference maker for his team. Period. He is the most valuable player. Yeah, I think at this point in the season too, like by the end of the year, we're analyzing stats. Right now, it doesn't look like that's the case either. You know, you look at DraftKings or you look at the poll results that we have right now. These are the exact same top nine that DraftKings has for for the MVP vote. Tenth is Devonte Adams, who's a wide receiver for a team that has a negative point differential. If if you so, these are the nine guys, right? These are the only nine candidates we're really actually talking about. Um, the the Two best quarterbacks, you know, passing stat wise in terms of efficiency right now are Stafford, who on this list is seventh, and then Russell Wilson, who's hurt. Um, Aaron Rodgers, the last uh, four weeks, you know, since uh, since that one weird week one game against the New Orleans Saints, where they came out with a game plan they just weren't prepared for, um, has had stats that are as close to Stafford and Wilson as anyone else. Um, but at this point, I think. It's a lot more open-ended than anything. I, I'm not willing to call anyone a leader. I do think Brady should be higher. Uh, Dak should be higher. Rodgers, I think, should have more than uh, a 1% uh, chance of winning that MVP. Um, but I understand that week one game is still, you know, holding heavy on his stats. Um, but really, I mean, have the quarterbacks ever been better than we've seen right now? Like in terms of like guys who can win MVP, like MVP caliber quarterback play I, I don't think we've ever had nine you know even going into week six yeah it's been incredible so far this season like the depth at the quarterback position I think that's why I think that's part of why it's been tough to really say like this is the best team in football right now because there's so many teams that are so good this year and part of it is the elevation of the quarterback from all of these guys like Lamar Jackson only having 11% is pretty ridiculous considering he just had 500 yards of offense by himself earlier this week. Like Lamar Jackson's been absolutely insane and he's having the best passing season of his career. Justin Herbert is ascending and making the case for him to be the best quarterback in the NFL. And Patrick Mahomes is having the worst start of his career and somehow is still getting MVP votes because he's just that good. And he's got 16 passing touchdowns. It's it's a, it's a good time to be an NFL fan just to watch all of these guys excel on, on a weekly basis. And it's making everything seem like it's wide open to the point where I, I still am not sure who's going to win the Super Bowl this year or who I think is the best team. in the Well, think about the fact that we were all worried, like with the, the uh, number of retirements, even we like Tom Brady should have been a part of all of these retirements and aging quarterbacks were like, what's the next generation of quarterback really going to look like? It's good. It's pretty. It's nice. We're going to be set for a long time with the way these quarterbacks are playing out of their minds. I mean, how many of these guys are still on rookie deals? Like Josh Allen, Kyler, Herbert, Lamar, Dak just got extended. Like Patrick just got extended. That's Whew. All right. Sign me up for the next uh, 10 years, 15 years of NFL football. All right. We're in good hands now. Yeah, it's looking good for a long time. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening to another edition of NFL Reacts. You can follow Justice on Twitter at J-U-M-O-S-Q. You can follow Kate on Twitter at FF Ball Blast. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. Go win your fantasy matchups. Go win some cash. We'll talk to you guys next week.